Welcome to the FBC Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott McManigal, and um, <clears throat> in this episode, I get the privilege of interviewing one of our own homegrown, home-raised uh, FBC members, Martha Beitzel. And uh, Martha has been away for the last couple of years, uh, preparing for something uh, very exciting. Martha, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself and Tell us where you've been and what you've been doing and what God has for you. Sure. Yeah. So like you said, I'm home great, home raised. Kind of sounds like I'm a cow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I grew up in FBC since birth, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, Marlon and Dawn, are members here. Um, I have a sister, Emma, and her husband, Ian Cox, mm-hmm. um, are missionaries with crew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just been around, you know, whenever I'm here, I'm down on F3 on the worship team. Um, but have been away for a while, like you said, been out at Ethnos 360 training in mm-hmm. Missouri on Lake of the Ozarks, which mm-hmm. is like a two-year missionary training center for people who are wanting to go into missions among the unreached mm-hmm. people groups of the mm-hmm. world. Um, so yeah, home for a little bit for the summer, and I'll be going back out next week to finish up my training there. Yeah. So how... Uh for our, I mean, I know your family is very well connected here at FBC and uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure, probably already know who you are. And But uh, we have a lot of turnover at FBC mm-hmm. and so there's uh, probably a lot of others that uh, don't know you, don't know your family. And um, so how did, how, did, how did it come to be that God uh, led you into missions, gave, you know, led you into having a desire of wanting to be a full-time missionary? Yeah, so my church has, or my family has no background in missions, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Mennonite background for both my parents, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of short-term things with them, but not really a whole lot of living your life um, as overseas, telling people about Jesus. And um, it's really been a long process for Mm -hmm. me through the church a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, starting really when I was in second grade. Uh, I was in the VBS in the missions room Mm -hmm. and just remember hearing the verse from Isaiah six that says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Mm. And I said, here am I, send me and just bawling little second grader crying, just Ah. realizing that that was what I wanted to pray. Mm. I wanted the Lord to send Mm. me. And um, yeah, we were presented with this concept that there are people overseas with no yeah. availability to hear the gospel and wow. just remembered asking the Lord to send me. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, I was in second grade, couldn't do a whole lot about it, mm-hmm. went home, told my parents and they're like, all right, that was VBS. That's exciting. But next week you're going to want to work at SeaWorld, which yeah. is true. <laughs> um, so uh. yeah, that kind of went by the wayside. Um, and then in middle school, again, mm. through the church, we took a trip to Wyumi, mm. um, which was Ethnos 360's retreat center uh-huh. up in Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And they just told us about what it's like to mm-hmm. work doing Bible translation, teaching in a remote setting mm. and with a village people group and just completely sparked my mm. emotions. And mm. I was just entranced again mm. and just thinking like, wow, if I could do something like that, that mm. would be the best thing to do. Um, and I was just learning that I had a gift with languages and mm. was thinking, okay, how can we make this work? Um, again, went home, middle schooler, parents are like, great, <laughs> you want to be a missionary, but let's let it settle down again. Um, and sure enough, completely forgot about it. Mm. Um, 
But I don't think that the Lord had forgotten my prayer yeah, from yeah, when I was no a kid. Yeah. Um, because then in high school, mm-hmm. when it was kind of time that I could make some of those choices, mm-hmm. um, the youth group went to Moody Bible Institute uh-huh. in Chicago for mm-hmm. a, a retreat mm-hmm. and just was challenged there by some folks in the missions mm-hmm. department saying, you want to be a missionary? You can come here. You can get training. You can learn. Hmm. And just remember sitting in the common area one morning, just reading my Bible and just praying like, God, what do you want me to do? I'm learning hmm. these things and I'm learning that I have gifts in these areas and I don't know what to do with it. And hmm. just as if he was saying like, come here, this is, hmm. this is the next step for you. Hmm. Didn't really know what that meant, but got really good advice from you and Annette of hmm. like, yeah, if this is something you're thinking about, pursue getting training look into it Mm -hmm. so that was kind of step one was like all right i can do this Mm. went to moody and just the lord's been kind of slowly leading from there through Mm. advice from people through wisdom just through excitement and passion in my own heart a desire to want to do these things so it's been a long process but a cool one that the lord kind of gives the next step and just as much as you can handle right and just as much as you need to make the next step from there yeah so, yeah yeah i think uh, something really interesting with that is you know uh, annette and i we were missionaries in thailand mm-hmm. with the same organization and you come home and you talk to folks and you know this is we're all part of the plan of god you know mm-hmm. god's not a part of our plan we're right. part of his plan right. And the whole, you know, reason we have the church today, why we have ministry, why we have missions is because before the foundations of the earth, God predetermined Mm -hmm. this eternal plan of redemption Mm -hmm. that would be carried out on the behalf of of mankind and chose to, you know, as part of that plan to work through the church, Mm -hmm. you know, that is made up of people like us Mm -hmm. and everybody else that's, you know, part of the church around the world and and God has, you know, different um, places of involvement, different roles, different engiftments for, you know, different people. And, and so it's just, you know, hearing your story is just really interesting to me that, you know, as a second grader, I mean, all you knew was there's people that need to hear the gospel mm-hmm. and you had this desire, you know, to yeah. tell them. And, you know, I think, you know, looking back on that, you have to say, you know, that, that was the beginning of God revealing his yeah. will and, and desire for how he was going to use you. And, mm-hmm. he, and he, he is the one that continued to orchestrate, you know, yeah. the exposure, the trips, the contacts, mm-hmm. the advice, the counsel, and continuing to build that desire within you, yeah. you know, to where here you are fulfilling it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so many times we get people asking, you know, well, how do you discern, you know, how do you discern the will of God, mm-hmm. you know, for your life? And how do I know, you know, so, so, so somebody, you know, if somebody was to ask right. you, you know, okay, it's been very clear for you to right. determine, um, you know, that God's leading you to be a missionary. How do I know if God wants me to be a missionary? <laughs> so what would, what would yeah. your answer be to them? It's funny. I've had so many conversations mm-hmm. like this. And it's so different for each person. Mm. You know, I have friends who are in the same path as me who are like, I don't know, this is just my skill set. And so mm. I think I'm just going to use it this way. And mm. I just think that it's so different per mm. person. But the bottom line is, 
if you read the word and you find what he wants of all of humanity to do mm-hmm. and then just finding your own place within that mm-hmm. as long as you're in that path you're not gonna go wrong you right. know sometimes life is a sandcastle with sand that where he says just do whatever you want right but sometimes it's like okay but i want to point out to you that you'd be really good at digging the moat you know yeah and sometimes it's like i never would have thought of picking up this shell right now but it's just really pulling my attention and i know that's not natural for me so yeah for me it was a lot of things that were scary and not natural and not Mm. normal for me to want to do these things and Mm -hmm. couldn't explain that like that is not a flesh thing that's got to be the lord but in some ways it was like like having a conversation with you guys of like hey martha you've got this skill you know you've got this willingness what's a wise way to do that so just i mean for me it's just praying and saying like okay lord i've got this thing Hmm. show me where to put it and and he'll either specifically or generally guide you and just finding where to fit in and plug in yeah in that way can you look back over your life and see how wow a lot of the circumstances you know that god allowed to come into my life experiences Mm. that i've experienced like looking back on it now can you look back on those things and see that was god's preparation preparing me for this oh yeah i mean i even tell the story just remembered about it a couple years ago of um, when I was 11, I had a friend who took a trip to the Philippines and sent me a postcard. Mm-hmm. And I got that <laughs> postcard and I said, um, I'm going to live there someday. And here I am getting ready to move to the Philippines yeah. 15 years later. Wow. Like that was that was so the Lord just putting that country on my radar. Hmm. Um, yeah, even just things like health issues hmm. through high school and college and beyond mm-hmm. that the Lord used to slow me down. Mm-hmm. I'm a go-getter. I'm a my plan, my timeline kind of mm-hmm. person. And even over COVID that there were things that I had in my mind I was going to do. And mm. the Lord said, not now. Mm. Don't rush. He kind of sat on me like an older brother. So like, <laughs> you need to stay down right yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah. just realizing like, oh, wow, that helped me to learn that there's nothing I can do to push my agenda forward. Mm. It's always going to be him pushing yeah. his agenda right. in me. And right. sometimes his agenda is stop and slow down a little bit. Right. And just already seeing relationships I wouldn't have had mm. both here and where I am now um, if I hadn't kind of taken it a little slower because yeah. I had to. Right. Um, yeah, and, and that in itself is a preparation. Because I'm sure yeah. that when I get overseas, there's going to be yep. stuff that I want to steamroll ahead and yep. it's just not what the lord would have for me in that moment yeah mm. yeah going through the training um you know you you, you, were, you know everything is in terms of theory and mm-hmm. principle and and that kind of thing but when you hit the field you know it's it's going to be dealing with real lives mm-hmm. you know real people and you know I, we can have our principles and we can have our theories and and have our ideals, mm-hmm. um, but we're dealing with people's fleshes, <laughs> and things don't always go according to right. you know the ideal and the principle, and mm-hmm. and so I you know I think what you're learning now in terms of you know looking to God, um, realizing you're part of God's plan, He's mm-hmm. not a part of your plan, mm-hmm. um, you know waiting for Him to open doors and you know lead at the right mm-hmm. time. 
um, is very, very valuable. And uh, you're going to have lots of opportunity to put that into practice on the field. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do, right? Yeah, right. It's, we can get so busy that we forget those things sometimes. And it's yep. real easy to when life is comfortable. Yep. But it's it's those moments when life gets uncomfortable that mm -hmm. we start to realize that we're not in control. That's right. So yeah, that I mean, I'm terrified. Let's be honest. Mm. This is scary. Yeah. But that's right where God works the best mm. is right where you feel like you can't do it. Yeah. So, and that's encouraging because you can, that's anywhere in the world, yeah. you know, anybody at any point can feel completely out of control, yeah. realizing that's not unique to right. me. That's something that we all experience and that's yeah. where God wants us. Right. Yeah. And the thing that you have to keep coming back to, and I think you'll have times on the field where, you, you know, you will come back to it. And that is the confidence that you have that, that God is really mm -hmm. leading you to where he's leading you to. Yeah. And because um, there's, you know, on the field, there's things that come up that, you know, often make you want to quit, mm -hmm. often make you want to just, you know, give up and go back home. And, yeah. you know, why am I doing this? Why do I, mm -hmm. I keep beating my head against the wall? Right. Oh, God led me here, you know, and right. until he leads me home, I can't leave. You right. know? And I, I came to that place many times, you know, in Thailand. Yeah. And and so. Um, you talked about being in Missouri, yeah. um, being trained. Um, so what has, what has that preparation and training looked like? What all sure. has it consisted of? Yeah, so it's two years. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, both theoretical and practical training. Um, there's a lot of relationship building type things like you were talking about. That's mm -hmm. a practical thing that is going to be an issue for the rest of all of our lives. So it's good to practice. Um, there's a two-week period in which we live in the woods in little plastic makeshift houses. And that's just practicing living simply. Can you get by? How do you deal with stress when you don't have modern conveniences like cell phone, running water? Um, we learn how to learn a language by doing it. Mm. Um, we learn how to write lesson plans for a totally different culture that we just really have to stretch our brains to wrap them around what their understanding is by doing it, mm -hmm. the same thing. Um, and then there's just a lot of spiritual development type things. We have in our practical spirituality courses of, all right, what does it look like to abide in Christ? What does it look like to abide in community? What does it look like to mm. have relationships with people who are different from you? Mm. Things like that. So it's very practical, um, geared mostly towards working with unreached peoples, but honestly, just as somebody going cross-culturally at mm. all, or somebody working on a team at all, mm. um, it's been really, really intense and really helpful. Um, so right now I'm finishing up. I've got till Christmas left. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the advanced linguistics course, which is just the study of languages, mm -hmm. figuring out how to pick it apart and write it down to explain it to somebody, mm -hmm. um, which is helpful for giving credibility, credibility with the government. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want to know why we're there and doing a language study helps. And then for translation as well, mm -hmm. um, for Bible translation, just to be able to figure out, okay, where do I put the verb? Yeah. <laughs> Which verb should I use here and why? Right. Um, so that's another aspect of the mm -hmm. practical um, training, just yeah. figuring out how to do that. So as, as Americans, you know, growing yeah. up, growing up in, in America, um, you know, all of us 
learned the alphabet, mm-hmm. you know, at a very early age. Um, we learned to read and read and write at a very mm-hmm. early age, and and give no thought to, you know, um, like, you know, the, like the aspect of phonetics, mm-hmm. you know, and assigning assigning a symbol to a sound, and yeah. and so in working with Ethnos three sixty um, as an organization, they target unreached people groups in isolated mm-hmm. areas, many of whom they have their own language, but it's not written down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the goal is to plant a church, mm-hmm. uh, raise up believers, and one day mm-hmm. have a church who has the Word of God in their own language. Right. So describe the process of what it's going to take to you, you know, learn, learn a language that's not written down, mm-hmm. and then you know, develop an orthography or alphabet for that language so that one day they can have the Bible. Like, describe that process a little bit for people that, you know, don't know. Yeah, so over half of the world's languages have no written component, Hmm. which is just mind-boggling for Hmm. us in a very literate society. And Um, there's over 7,000 different languages. Yeah, Yeah. and I think only 10% have a complete copy of the Bible Hmm. in their language, which is also mind-boggling to think about. Um, So going into a place where everybody can speak their language completely fluently, but Hmm. have no way of representing it physically, Hmm. which is a big problem for the Bible because Hmm. it is in its essence, a book that doesn't change Hmm. and that is written and can be referenced at any point. Hmm. Um, So going in, first of all, you have to learn the language really, really well. So a lot of the the upfront work that I'll be doing is just learning, is trying to understand how these people think. Hmm. Why are you talking the way you talk? Why is it so different Mm -hmm. from the way I talk? Hmm. Um, And just trying to be as open as possible to learn and get in. And then being able to transition into the role of more of a teacher and a helper Um, so at the same time as bible lessons are going on just trying to teach the truth of the gospel Mm -hmm. um, i potentially would be in the role of a linguist or somebody studying the language and be doing that analysis of like okay where's their verbs where what are they tacking on what sorts of things are they doing here and then from that realizing okay what sounds do they have and how do i need to write this down so that's a big a big process, um, but it's totally possible because the people know their language and they're mm-hmm. able to help out. So hopefully getting a better alphabet than we have in English, which is a little confusing. Right. Um, yeah, but then from there, I mean, there's lots of people involved to help out with that process who have done that before, mm-hmm. um, different consultants and things like that. Um, but once that is sort of established, it's just teaching people to read because mm-hmm. They may be able to speak their language completely, but just having the concept of left to right Mm. reading or sounding things out might be just something they haven't thought about doing before. Mm. So just teaching that process and not just to help people, because that is helpful to be able to learn how to read, but for the sake of the church Mm. so that they will be able to read God's word for themselves. Um, and then kind of moving from there, once there's some readers into a Bible translation process, mm. which is bringing people who speak the language well, bringing now readers involved and saying like, okay, let's take God's word and let's find out how do I take this meaning and make it understandable to you mm. in a way that it sounds like God would talk like this. Mm. How would he talk in your language to you? Mm. Um, and that's a very long process as mm. well. You know, you want to handle the word of God well yeah. while 
preserving it and at the same time making it relevant and understandable. Um, so definitely a process that takes many, many, many years. Yeah. I mean, 20 plus for the whole Bible at least. Um, and lots of people involved in that. Um, both experts in the Bible who really, really know what it means and how to interpret it and experts in the language who really, really know when something makes sense and when it clicks and when it just hits them. When it sounds natural and right. yeah, it sound like a foreigner. Exactly. It's like <laughs> if Jesus was born yeah. as one of your people, how would he talk? Right. Like our, we think about like the New Living Translation, something like that is like just Jesus walking around in the U.S. Yeah. We want it to be understandable to that level mm. and still faithful to what did God actually say and what does he want to tell you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole concept of it being, you know, written natural enough that mm-hmm. it's enjoyable for them. Yeah. You know, it's enjoyable for them to read, enjoyable, exactly. enjoyable for them to study. Yeah. That was a, a real eye opener that I had in Thailand. I was working on our chronological lessons. You know, mm-hmm. I had studied the language for five years and went through all my language checks and everything and began developing the lessons and and teaching and we were well into the epistles i mean way down mm-hmm. the road you know teaching and and finally came back you know to begin the process of, of re-looking at those lessons mm-hmm. and revising them and and oh my word there were times where i like i was <laughs> i was the one that was you know it wasn't just me translating them it was me with a helper mm-hmm. And, and it was, it was horrible. It was horrible (laughs) language. And I looked at him and I was like, how in the world could you let, you know, let us, (laughs) let us translate that like that, you know? And, oh man, but you just, you know, you continue to grow in the Mm -hmm. language and, and what sounded good at one time, you know, realize, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. If the Bible was written like this, you know, in English, I would never read it. Right. It'd be too painful. Yeah. Honestly, you think of how hard it is to listen to a talk given by somebody whose first language isn't English, even if they've had years and years of doctorate education and think like, wow, that's going to be me, but I'm going to be speaking like a two year old. How do I communicate God's love without putting in some serious effort into making myself understandable? And I mean, that's, that's a big Mm -hmm. target to reach for and a big thing to overcome. Yeah. But for people who there is nobody in their language group who knows Jesus, mm-hmm. they're not going to know unless somebody talks to them like a three-year-old yeah. for a little while. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Man. So uh, you you said you're going to the Philippines mm-hmm. and you said that um, you're uh, in the linguistic, uh, you're going through the, the next part of the training is going to be the linguistic training. Um and so your your plan is to be placed into a, a tribal work mm-hmm. in the Philippines. Right. You're going to be the linguist and the Bible translator. Um, and I know you've had some conversations with the field leaders about, mm-hmm. you know, your placement and future yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So what uh, what do you any I, I mean, I know, I know it's a ways off, mm-hmm. you know, before you get there, uh, things also change. Mm-hmm. Um, I know fields prioritize, you know, works right. and who needs what, you know, what person at what time and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but do you have any idea whether you might be placed in in an already existing work or would you be right. maybe joining a team that would be beginning the process of reaching a group that hasn't been you know worked with yet or yeah. any idea yeah so i mean like you said it's a ways off still mm -hmm. i have still got one full language that i need to learn the yeah. national language so i can communicate just mm -hmm. to buy groceries um but yeah so just looking forward and and at the same time like holding these things loosely which is a thing that you know mm -hmm. the lord only shows us the next step not five in advance yep. um but already starting to have some ideas, let things percolate and think about where would be a good fit just in that wisdom category of the leadership of God. Um, so I would be in a urban context for the first few years, just kind of getting acclimated, learning to buy groceries, to talk with the local church. Um, and then from there thinking potentially joining a, a work where there is a church mm -hmm. established already. Mm -hmm. Um, even just thinking about like partnership with FBC often looks a lot more like partnering with people who are already there, mm -hmm. who are already believers and mm -hmm. joining in that and seeing where that takes, mm -hmm. as well as just my own skills and background mm -hmm. being a lot more discipleship based, mm -hmm. um, as well as just need for translators. Mm -hmm. Usually that happens a little later that the Bible is actually really getting churned out once the gospel is there and you've got, mm -hmm. you know, portions and snippets, mm -hmm. um, as well as very often people have to leave teams or the team was never complete to begin with. Um, so I'll have my eyes peeled for maybe a team that needs somebody in a Bible translation or linguistics role and just doesn't have that person for whatever reason. Mm. Um, yeah, like you were saying, the, the field has kind of already tapped me in thinking um, down the line, 5, 10, 15 years. Um, I might be able to step into a consultant role, which would be like that person who is the expert in translation, in linguistics, who can come in and help somebody who's struggling through learning a language or struggling through, I just don't know where to go with the Bible translation from here. Um, and that's something that can be done in tandem with the actual translation on one hmm. particular language. Um, so yeah, just still thinking about um, I would love to end up in a village setting where I can get my hands dirty and really mm -hmm. dive into one language in particular, but also realizing if I can be useful in multiple works and helping mm. to, yeah, kind of facilitate those things, that would be amazing as well to get to see the stories of lots of different people. Mm. Um, so yeah, those, those things can change and might make one plan and then the Lord swerves it and points something different out that I hadn't seen yet. But at this point, that's kind of at least the little bit of the path that I can yeah. aim for. Yeah. And definitely one of the things that we can all be praying about, you know, just even yeah. now that God would be, um, you know, I, obviously he's going to lead you. He, mm -hmm. you know, has led you to this place, mm -hmm. um, which you've already described. And, and, uh, you know, he knows where you're going to be, mm -hmm. you know, he knows who the people are that you're going to be working with and yeah. connecting with. And so even praying now that God would be preparing them for you and you yeah. for them and, yeah, and all that. Exactly. So, so <clears throat> you're, um, in a week and a half or so you're going mm -hmm. back to Missouri to, uh, start the classroom portion of your linguistic training. That's right. Um, from the point you arrive back there, um, until the linguistic training is done mm -hmm. and then 
you're planning to come back here to FBC, and uh, I know from talking with you, you're hoping to um, be able to head out to the Philippines next fall, uh, mm -hmm. fall of 2023. So between between now and then, what's your schedule look like? Yeah. Um, what are what are your needs? Yeah. So right now, like you said, I'll be in training for the next five months or so. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple months of classroom portion and then a couple months of a practicum mm -hmm. that we take out in Oklahoma to learn Cherokee, mm -hmm. um, just to practice, you know, with a real life language. Mm. Um, and then real a little life difficult. Language. Yes, very difficult <laughs> language. <laughs> you yeah. know, you look up Cherokee online, you're like, oh man, it's really complicated. Wow. It's really different from yeah. English. Mm. Um, so it's great to have that opportunity. Mm. Um, and then Christmas time, I'll be able to come back to FBC, regroup a little bit, um, and then start my partnership development, mm -hmm. which is just a time to be able to raise funds that I'll need to not mm -hmm. have to worry about working an extra job while I'm trying to give right. all my time to ministry, um, as well as just gathering people together who would know me mm -hmm. and care. Um, even just thinking about the trips that we've, we've had folks who are in FBC Global Missions who come to the States get those relationships and suddenly we really care. Yeah. <laughs> we really care about them. We're really invested in wanting mm -hmm. to pray. And seeing that as a t that time for me mm -hmm. of saying, okay, I'm part of this team, but let's invest in people here and, mm -hmm. and be able to take them, their hearts with me yeah. as, as we go together. Mm. Um, so that might take between six months, a year plus, God's timing again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's another place where it's just like, all right, I'm going to have to trust you to get me where you want me when you want me. Um, and then whenever that's done and yeah, like aiming for next fall, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, then be moving to the Philippines and um, there for two to three years until I get that first language and then we'll go from there, whatever happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you'll look to come back here uh, the first of the year mm -hmm. and uh, spend a month or so yeah. um, kind of regrouping and then right. begin the process of uh, just connecting with the body here. Right. Um, and so we would look to uh, set up for you to meet with community groups mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and share what God's doing and how God's leading and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Financially speaking, what's it? Uh, I know different, you know, different fields, different countries, um, you know, have different, um, you know, in terms of um, what it takes to, you know, some are more expensive to live mm -hmm. in than other countries. And so for a, a single uh, missionary going to the Philippines, what's what's it going to take for you to, you know, be free to be a full time mm -hmm. missionary? on a monthly basis yeah so at this point it looks like about a little over three thousand a month mm -hmm. um and that you know that covers pretty much housing medical the travel to be able to get around things mm -hmm. like that um so it's yeah surprisingly not an exorbitant amount thinking about living on the other yeah. side of the world and right. that's one of the great things about living on the other side of the world yeah, is right. you can do so pretty cheaply right. um yeah so about that much and and you know we'll see from there with the extra expenses of building a house in a village and all those things but that's about yeah. where it's at yeah okay well um so between now and when you come back again um 
beginning of January. Um, what are what are some things that you would really appreciate our listeners yeah. to be praying about for you? Yeah, I just always keep coming back to relationships. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I think of kind of three key relationships. Hmm. First and foremost, with the Lord. Yep. Like I said, it's scary. Hmm. <laughs> it's a scary thing to think about moving to the other side of the world for hmm. me as much as for anybody else who would think about that. And realizing I need to trust the Lord and hmm. I can't trust him until I know him. Hmm. So... Yeah, just prayers that that would be a priority, that he would reveal himself to me in ways that I would notice Mm -hmm. and be able to respond to in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the second relationship I think of is teammates. Mm -hmm. And that takes lots of different forms. Right now, for me, when I'm in Missouri, it's my classmates, it's my teachers, it's those relationships that I'm stuck in this powder keg of a classroom for eight hours a day, you know, and, and just thinking about stewarding that well. Um, and then it's partners here, teammates, um, thinking about just, okay, how do I start communicating well? How do I start building those relationships that I care about this church and this church cares about me? Mm. Not that I'm just going to go off and, you know, read a prayer letter every once in a while, but really being part, um, and even just teammates in the future, like you said, it's, Mm people that it's going to be another really hard situation. We're going to face hard things together and want to be grounded in the Lord and Hmm. praying for those people already that I'm going to know and that I'm going to love someday that we would love each other well. Um, And then third relationship is honestly unbelievers that Hmm. I have not met yet that Hmm. I don't know, but that the Lord knows that he's going to put in my path and realizing I'm going to love them someday too. And I'm going to have a message that I desperately want to share with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just that my heart even now would be opened hmm. towards people and having a desire, um, not to get frustrated by unbelievers who hmm. don't see things right or are yeah. being selfish <laughs> and realizing that's me as well. Um, but yeah, just that the Lord would even prepare them to meet me, hmm. that he would be working in their lives to have questions that he would be able to answer someday when somebody can finally tell them. Yeah. Um, yeah, just thinking about like there might be children right mm-hmm. now who will become the first elders right. in a church that I would be involved in. And yeah. wow, he knows them and I don't <laughs> yet. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, just praying for those three categories of relationships is, is really my greatest desire yeah, it's right preparation now. Preparation of hearts. Yeah. 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 And just for our listeners benefit, um, you know, your, your prayer requests for, you know, relationships with coworkers, yeah. um, that really is an, imp- a very important prayer request. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, for those that have never, you know, experienced being involved in full-time ministry, um, let alone full-time cross-cultural church planting mm-hmm. ministry, where you're, you know, you're, I mean, you've, when you arrive at the field, you know, you'll have given up a lot and mm-hmm. sacrificed a lot to go and reach whatever mm-hmm. people it is that God leads you to, uh, to establish whatever church it is that God leads you to. And so <clears throat> because of all that you have, you know, set aside for this purpose, you know, um, you become very, very passionate about mm. it. And so does your coworkers. Yeah. And sometimes we don't see things eye to eye. Yeah. And, and you think that, you know, this direction is what God would have you do. And you're very passionate about that. 
And sometimes they think the exact opposite mm-hmm. God is leading them to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I've experienced this, yeah, you know, sure. and, and, and you, you can become very deceived mm-hmm. and, and not, not recognize your own flesh, you know, your own flesh being disguised as, you know, being passionate about the leading and the will of God, mm-hmm. you know, this, this philosophy for the work that you believe, you know, is, is coming from God. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a very important prayer request. And, yeah. and so, you know, as, as we've been meeting with you, you know, over the last year or so as a missions committee, I mean, it's one of the things we've, we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, who your future coworkers are right. going to be and, and that kind of thing. And, and so it's, it's something, you know, as we're praying for you, it's something that, you know, we're praying for even now that yeah. God will, you know, will place you you know, where, where you need to be with who you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, another thing about God is, is that he's the only one that has the whole big picture in view. Yeah. You know, we often think that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to Thailand for God to do a work through me. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? He's also doing a work in me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he often does that at the same time. Yeah. You know, and so he's yeah. going to be, you know, faithfully doing that same, mm-hmm. same thing with you as well. Right. Realizing that he cares <clears throat> as much about each one of us yeah. as he does about each person that we're trying to minister to That's right. and realizing like, okay, you want to teach me just as much as you want to teach yeah. somebody else. I'm not the savior. I'm That's right. a conduit, you know, That's for the right. Lord and that it's cool. He, I know he's working stuff in me and I know he's working stuff in each person that I'm going to have contact with in the future. And yeah, yeah I, I just go back to the epistles and look at those prayers that Paul prays and different people pray. Mm. And it's just always that you will understand the gospel Amen. more. Amen. I'm just like, wow, if, if my coworkers can mm. understand the gospel more and if I can understand the gospel more, we're going to slowly get more on the same page. That's and those right. things that we disagree with are not as important. So yeah, yeah, just be praying for me and for my coworkers that will understand the gospel more. Yep. So we need. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. Yeah. And, Thanks. Um, and we'll, we'll close it off here. Okay. Father in heaven, we do uh, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for Martha, Lord. Thank you for her family. Thank you for the that's a tremendous asset and the blessing that they have been here at FBC. And thank you for uh, just the way that you have uh, worked through their family and, and through their family um, and through the ministry of FBC, raised up Martha. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and the way that you have worked and led and guided her and laid it on her heart, um, just what you have for her, how you would have her to be involved in, in this, um, this global work, um, Lord, that you are uh, continuing to carry out in terms of uh, just the facilitation of the eternal plan of redemption all around the world and in, in the lives of, of, of every tongue, tribe, and nation. And, and so, Lord, we just, we're so thankful for... Um, just what you've laid on her hearts, uh, on her heart, uh, just your faithfulness to lead and guide and direct her. Thank you for the training that she's receiving. We pray that she completes the, the last five months of that formal training. Lord, that um, it would just be a, just a really blessed time for her. Um, I, I pray that um, she would be able to look back on this time and uh, just with thanks, um, just for the not only what she's learning and being trained in and prepared for, but also the relationships that she mentioned, 
Um, I know she's in the process of moving to Oklahoma and beginning to uh, process the Cherokee language. Um, that's not going to take place in a vacuum. It's going to take place in the context of relationships. And, and there's going to be relationships that she builds there with Cherokee people um, that I know from talking with others um, decades later, they continue to keep in contact with them. And, and so, Lord, we just, I just pray that this next five months, all that's involved, will uh, you'll just use it in her life to just continue to prepare her and, and train her for what you have for her. And as we were talking, Lord, we, um, even though um, just a lot of what she's going to experience, what team she's going to be on, what people group she's going to work with, who will actually be her co-workers, Lord, we know all that is, is unknown uh, for her and for us and even for the field at this time, but it's not unknown for you. And we know that you know that exactly where she'll be, exactly who she'll work with, and every single person that she'll ever come in contact with. And we just pray that even now, Lord, you'd be preparing their hearts, uh, the hearts of her coworkers, the hearts of the people that she'll be ministering to, uh, prepare, prepare them for the gospel, prepare them to, uh, for further discipleship. And we pray also, Lord, that you'd be preparing Martha, mm-hmm. that you'd prepare her heart to uh, work together uh, on whatever team that she finds herself and uh, and with the people that you you place her with and and so Lord we just uh, look forward to the time when she's back with us again in January and February and and look forward to that time of uh, where she can really uh, devote herself to just relationship building building uh, building a deeper uh, more intimate relationship with the body here at FBC and uh, Lord it's a privilege for us as a body to. Uh, be able to stand behind her and and send her out and and so lord we just commit her in your hands and and we just thank you for these things and ask these things in jesus name amen amen thanks well so thanks for joining us yeah, and thank you. Uh, for sharing all this with folks and uh look forward to you coming back and meeting with more people in person yeah it's so, exciting to think about yeah amen yeah Thank you all for uh, tuning in and uh, joining us in this episode, and, and uh, we'll look forward to the, to the next episode. Thank you.